Last week on Friggin' Sweet. Next week, we'll be reviewing One If by Clam, Two If by C. Peter restarts the Revolutionary War when the Clam is taken over by a bunch of limey Brits. Ah, oh, great. It's not like a significant portion of our audience is from the UK or anything. And now, freaking sweet. Oh, well, at least they still got sports on TV. The new bowler for Somerset is off Spinner Heath, who has a cover point, long arm, square leg, deep extra cover, and two short legs. What the hell is he talking about? Oh, it's cricket. Marvelous game, really. You see, the bowler hurls the ball towards the batsman who drives the player away to find leg. He endeavors to score by dashing between the creases, provided the wicketkeeper hasn't whipped his bails off, of course. I'm so fucked. It seems today that all you see is vile. Hey! A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only nothing you'll ever need because... They try to defeat me, they can all just freaking eat me. We'll make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss. Here's the plain situation. Be sure that you see that this is not a chive. Hello and welcome to Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. The only podcast guaranteed not to give you the night wiggles. It's a week-by-week, episode-by-episode look back at Family Guy 20 years later. And I'm your host, Ian, and this week we kind of spoiled the title in the intro. Keep up. Now, it's uh, One If by Clam, Two If by C. A delightful story of patriotism, xenophobia, love, loss, and a broad mockery of... It's a delightful tale of patriotism, xenophobia, love, lust, and a broad mockery of a language and culture older than this country several times over. And frankly, it's all well-deserved. Seriously, England, what is wrong with you? You drive on the wrong side of the road. You're just straight-up weird, and you're weird. your food is weird. You have, like, the politeness of Canada, the gentle badassery of Australia, and the confidence of America. I mean... I suppose we would get all of those things from you, uh, I guess. Uh, if, for those who are interested, this episode is our fourth episode of our third season, and it is our 32nd episode overall. It was directed by Dan Povenmire and written by Jim Bernstein and Michael Shipley, and it debuted August 1st, 2001, and it is really, really funny. This episode is, like I said, really funny, and it's, it has one of the best... B stories, in my opinion, um, with Stewie and Eliza, the little girl from next door. It is absolutely hilarious. And of course, all of that, uh, plus the occasional bad British accent, will come after we take a uh, quick break uh, to hear a, a one, more of these special election ads that we are uh, definitely happy to do. Being in a New Zealand accent, I wish this episode was bad New Zealand. And we're back, and this episode starts with a flashback to the drunken clam in 1977. There's Peter outside, and inside we have Cleveland, barefoot, shirtless, throwed up, snack worthy. Uh, then you got Quagmire looking uh, like Laser Shoot Larry. And Peter is, well, think Mike Brady, uh, but without the perm. Uh, they say some stuff, and we'll get to that in a minute. But after 
we flash forward to 1984, and there's a DeLorean sitting outside uh, Cleveland and is sporting a like a Rick James hair kind of. He's got a tracksuit on, a flavor clock still looking good. Uh, Quagmire uh, looks like uh, Miami Vice, like thrash tastic, and Peter looks like Michael Jackson and Flock of Seagulls. Uh, made a really weird test tube baby together. And then we finally land on now, and there's like a newer model uh, for like the time uh, Beatles sitting outside, and Joe is there with the group, and uh, just like in every scene, Peter says that he told his boss off, uh, like he's going to go places, he's not just going to sit at that toy factory, and Cleveland compliments Peter's deeds. Uh, his last one was the whole, he was like, that's cool. And, uh, oh, that's fly. And then now he's like, oh, you're living Vita Loca, which is how I pretty much respond to how are you more often than not. Uh, Joe says that, uh, he should go home and Horace, the bartender jokes that, uh, what, what does they, what do they, what does he mean? They live there. And, uh, they all laugh and, uh, Quagmire makes a, uh, a, a, a toast to the drunken clam, uh, that, that, uh, they don't check, that they don't, um, check for proof of age and neither does he right in front of Joe, which is just funny. And, uh, uh, Cleveland's like, Hey, you forgot the O and, and he's like, Oh, are you, are you sure? I thought it, okay. Wait, oh, and, uh, after that, we look up and see that there's some breaking news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin on the approach of Hurricane Norman. Here with an update is Greg the Weather Mime. Okay, it's going to be cold, very cold, and, and, and there's going to be wind, and people's parents will throw fecal matter down on them from the rooftops. How awful! Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's rain. Y yes, it'll rain. At home after we see that news, which... Okay, so um, this is before they get Ollie, the weatherman, um, and uh, they were just toying with the news, I guess, here. here. Uh, I guess they had gotten bored with the regular setup. But um, they do a couple of different things with the news in this episode, but the, the weather mime is pretty funny. But at home, the family is hiding from the hurricane, and I'm from New Orleans, so I know what it's like to, like... Uh, uh, hide from a hurricane. I think we stayed for like a category one hurricane. And I remember running outside during the eye of the storm and like looking around and there was like no wind. And then my uh, dad was like, get your fucking ass back in here. And I was like, okay. And, um, but that was really cool. Uh, but hurricanes are, are really scary. And, uh, she's at Lois is like the number one thing to worry about in a hurricane is broken glass. So stay away from the windows. And Peter, you need to put those glasses away. And Peter is over there doing the whole, like where you, uh, rub the rim of the glass with water on your finger and it makes a noise. And, uh, he does another song that's from fame. And, um, then Chris says he's afraid to sleep because he's afraid the hurricane is going to come and give him a vasectomy, which is nothing to be afraid of. And, um, uh, they're way, uh, better than, uh, female tubal litigation. So, um, but Peter says that there's nothing for Chris to be afraid of, you know, even, uh, you know, good things can happen to you while you're asleep. And, and then we cut away to him and 
him and Lois to bed. He's like, oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. Oh, Richard, Jenny. Your comedy specials are hilarious. And this whole time, Lois has been listening to him and getting more and more pissed off. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. Thank God he's just talking about a comedian. Whew. And he's like, and what a sweet ass. And she's like, what? Uh, and then Quagmire, we cut over to Quagmire's house that says women's shelter on it. And he's got a mask on, uh, and he's welcoming women to the women's shelter. And, uh, they're like, thank you, father. And he's like, it's God's wish, my dear. And, um, and then he tears it off. He's like, <laughs> all right. And, uh, then we get a little bit more news. Um, they send it out to Trisha Takanawa for a little bit more hurricane news. She's like, Diane, people are... And she's just immediately hit by a car. It's uh, really funny. And then we get a little bit... And then we cut back into the news studio. For some reason, the weather mime gets thrown across the news desk, I guess, because the wind, the weather is crazy. We cut outside, and the, and the wind is whipping everything around. There's debris everywhere. And then the screen goes black. And then we come back to... Uh, the next day, the family comes out. It's sunny. They're surveying the wreckage. Um, uh, they see a uh, fence post going through a tree. And they're like, oh, my God. And then Peter steps out. And he's got a fence post going through him. And then he's like, ah, ah, oh, my God. And they're like, oh, my God. And then he pulls off. He's like, and it's like the, the arrow that Steve Martin used to do through his head. He's like, see, kids, there's a... There, there's, you can get laughs from a, from a natural disaster. And Chris is like, yeah, just like my dead rat marionette theater. And he's got two dead rats on marionette strings. And he's like, oh, I'm so stressed. Life sure is a human race. And it's super morbid. And the whole family laughs. And uh, then the guys are riding around in uh, Peter's car. It's like a station wagon, isn't it? I don't know why. It just popped into my head. Just like right this second, but that's that he drives a station wagon, right? That that red car that he drives around. Anyways, um, the guys are driving around. They're like, oh well, thank God the open air debris garden survived intact. And uh, then they see a bunch of wreckage with the clams sign on it, and they think that it's been destroyed. Uh, they see Horace. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe the clams been destroyed. It hasn't been destroyed. And uh, then a bulldozer comes and pull, blows away all that wreckage. Um, and uh, Horace is like, yeah, no, I sold it. Uh, let someone else worry about hurricanes. And uh, they're like, oh, thank God. And they go running in there. And um, they see that everything has been uh, changed into a uh, British pub. They, um, they're offered a lager. They're offered a pack of crisps. Or a ruddy ripe plum pudding. And uh, Peter's like, holy crap, it's a gay bar. Um, and then that's, okay, so they go to commercial after that. And then uh, when we come back, this is where we get our, a, our, our original clip from the beginning of the show, the cricket clip. And just, okay, just straight up admit it, cricket is weird. It's, I understand that it's like a really big sport all over the world. It's like one of the biggest sports that there is, but because it's like a really big thing in India. But like, it's super weird. It's not bad. It looks interesting and it looks kind of like cool, but it's weird. And so after they have, but the, after they hold, do that whole thing, 
Peter's like, does anyone understand what that guy just said? And uh, Cleveland's like, well, the only British idiom I know is that cigarette means fag. And uh, he, and Peter's like, well, someone tell this cigarette to shut up. And uh, Quagmire comes running out uh, saying they took the nudie mags out of the bathroom, which why would you want to look at nudie mags in a public bathroom? That just popped into my head, too. That's weird. But uh, he's like, uh, they took the nudie mags out and they replaced it with David Copperfield. And uh, that's only, they're like, well, there's their pictures of his girlfriend. He's like, no. But, and that's funny. But what's funnier is we were, we just recently went to see the movie The Life and Times of David Copperfield with Dev Patel as David Copperfield and tons of other famous people in it as well. But I thought it was going to be about the magician. So I'm sitting there and Dev Patel. Uh, they just start doing this whole, like, it, they just start doing K David Copperfield, kind of. And it's, the, the movie's really good. The movie's, like, really good and funny and um, well-acted and well-written. But I thought it was going to be about The Magician, and then I told my wife afterward, and she laughed at me for, like, 20 fucking minutes, and I was so goddamn embarrassed. But, you know, whatever. It's really funny. So I, I could not keep that away from that. If David Copperfield was going to come up, I knew I, had to tell, I knew I had to tell that story. Um, Peter uh, goes home, and he, he's like, Lois the Bar's been taken over by a bunch of tea-sucking British bastards. And uh, he, he, when he runs inside, he sees that Lois is talking to a guy, and she's like, Peter! Uh, this is our new neighbor, and he's like, and I'm afraid I'm the limey bastard who bought your bar. And he's like, a bit of a awkward moment, is uh, really. And uh, Peter's like, oh yeah, well, one time during sex, I called Lois Frank. Your move, uh, your move, Sherlock. And uh, it's really fun. Pete. So then Lois takes him out, and um, uh she's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you acting this way? You know, British guy, British uh, people are very charming. He's like, yeah, that's what they want you to think about Ben. Like, that's what they just wanted you to think about Benjamin Disraeli. And uh, we cut to just some British dude sitting there. He's like, you don't even know who I am. And I didn't know who he was until I looked him up just for this. And he's a conservative politician from the early 1800s in British politics. He pretty much in uh, not invented, but he pretty much founded the conservative and Tory party. And, uh, so, but you know, like it, you know what they say? Like our left wingers here are in America are like the right wingers in other countries. So if that's true, if that holds true, then this guy might not even have been that bad. So whatever. Um, but uh, so that's just funny. I've always thought that joke was funny, but I've never looked up who Benjamin Disraeli is. And so I did it for this. And it turns out he was like prime minister like two or three fucking times. Like he's actually a pretty big deal, I would suppose. Um, uh, but Lois is like, Peter, you're, you're being crazy. The British are lovely people. Not on the outside, but on the inside. And, and uh, he's, he's like, he, and, you know, and, and uh, Nigel has a lovely daughter, and we cut outside to uh, Eliza Pinchley coming up to Stewie. She's like, oh, hello, little baby. It's terrible. It's someone doing an obviously, like, 
bad British accent. I think they're trying to. And if it's not the case, then I feel really bad. And I hope um, that that doesn't come back to haunt me in the, uh, to bite me in the ass, you know? Uh, but uh, Stewie, uh, like, he's like, oh my God, what is that? And he's not really one of the talks and things that's how it put on uh, British accent by him. Um, but he's like, here's a sixpence if you go away. And she bends over and he looks at her ass. He's like, eh. And, uh, then we cut back inside and Lois is like, look, you're just going to have to, you and your guys are just going to have to find another bar to act like idiots at. And Peter's like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, you know why I love you? It's not just the wreck or the caboose. No, it's that big, sexy brain. And he starts licking her head and Lois does that, uh, funny laugh that she does. But it's like, ha, ha, ha. It's just, a, it's a funny laugh. Um, but we cut to the guys going to a lesbian bar. It's called the Cherry Pit. Um, they don't understand that it's a lesbian bar at first. And, um, then Quagmire's like, look at those two chicks. They're so lonely. They're practicing making out. And Cleveland's like, I don't think they're practicing. And the guys are like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and they walk out and, but Quagmire walks over to him and like, <laughs> Either one of you been penetrated, and he just gets fucking ejected from the bar, head over fucking heels. It's hilarious. Um, then the guys do a uh, King of the Hill bit. They're standing out in front of a uh, fence. I, but I don't know why they'd be standing in front of the fence, right, staring directly at the the uh, clam's head pub, which is what they've called the uh, drunken clam. Now that it's a British pub. Um, they start to fight, uh, just over a couple of little snipes at each other, but Cleveland, uh, rallies them. He's like, we never fought before the clam. And they're like, yeah, you know, our founding fathers wouldn't have stood for this and, uh, neither should we, which this is stupid. The bar was bought by people who, and now it's a British pub and you just don't like it. And that's not their problem. But either way, they've decided, uh, and resolved that they are going to fight their new British overlords and uh this and then peter's like yeah and uh um i'm uh he's like yeah you know we can't let these british bastards take everything from us you know it you know it's our barge and you know first thing it's our barge and then it's apple pies and action movies It was a glorious summer in Oxford when I met Freddie Cavendish, a most remarkable young man whose friendship will change my life forever. You are the anchor that gives my spirit license to soar. Um, we cut back to the house, and Lois comes in and says that Stewie's been invited to Eliza's birthday party. And uh, she says that she's going to RSVP. Stewie's mad that he has to go, and Brian's like, he, like, he's, like, sitting there bitching about, like, how uh, shitty that she talks, you know, because she talks all super cockney, like, on purpose is what it sounds like. And, uh, like, like I said, terrible, just like my British accent. And uh, Brian's like, well, you know, um, he pretty much just, he uh, makes fun of Stewie, and then he bets him, well, you know, why don't you just uh, teach her how to speak then? And Stewie's like, oh, you think I'm just going to cave just like that? Well, I will. And um, Brian, and they're like, well, what's the terms? And Brian's like, well, why don't you just shut up for about a week? And he's like, okay, and if I win? And he's like, no, why don't you just shut up for about a week? 
and uh, Stewie's like, you're on! Uh, and it's really funny. I love Brian and Stewie's antagonistic relationship from like uh, from the beginning, and uh, you know as they grow at, to be friends. Uh, but uh, just early on, it's really funny to watch them be antagonistic towards each other. And this is like I said, this is one of my favorite B stories, and um, it's just really funny. And uh, Brian had a really good character to start the show off with, and so did Stewie. Um, though their characters did become, uh, what they are today, which is really good, but still, like I said, um, their early characters were really funny when they were, uh, pitted against each other. Um, from there, the guys, uh, decide to invade the bar and, uh, they come in, they're dressed like revolutionary people, they're playing instruments and, uh, Joe tells them to present arms and uh, they um, pull out some beers and start to shake them up. And uh, uh, boom, shakalaka, boom, shakalaka. And then they open them up on the uh, British dudes. It's really funny. And uh, they're like, uh, we're going to have to ask you to leave. They're like, hell no, don't tread on me, which is bullshit. You don't just get to walk into someone else's business and do that. But uh, they're like, all right, well, if you're not going to leave, then we're just going to have to use our superior, lingu uh, superior linguistic skills to, to convince you to leave. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to see you try. And the next thing we see is Peter walking out going, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't even look at it that way. That's a Oh, thank you. Have a goodbye. And he's like, oh, damn it. How did they do that? Peter uh, then says that, um, that, they really, that they have to get back at these British bastards. He says British bastards, I swear to God, like 30 times in this episode. Uh, but he says we, they have to get back at them, and uh, they're, they're going to do it that night, uh, just like their forefathers. And he says that he's never been defeated, except for that one time. And we get a cutaway to a, a Tron light cycle uh, cutaway. Peter's racing. He's the blue guy. He sees a guy from his high school. He's like, oh my God, Jerry, how are you? Uh, what are you doing these days? And the guy's like, I'm the red guy. And Peter's like, well, I'm the green guy. And there's like, oh my God. And then the red guy's like, is that Stacy Beecham? And Peter's like, where? And then the guy just cuts him off and destroys him. And just like, what do they call it? Uh, I can't remember what they called it in that movie. The movie, the, the first one is man. And the second one is yeah. That's just my opinion though. Um, but We'll be back with the second half of this episode when we get back from a quick spot from more of our election uh, sponsors. And we're back, and the guys are going to sneak onto a British supply ship, I guess? Um, you see it later on. Um, spoiler alert, they're doing, uh, the Quahog beer party, like the Boston Tea Party, but they sneak onto a boat that looks like a, like a, like a cargo ship, um, and it has a British flag, so I'm not quite sure what kind of ship is, do they just send sh ships to us with, with, I don't know, probably, but, um, so they get past the guard. Peter's like, these guys don't talk, so he walks up to him, and the guy just fucking socks him. It's really funny. But then the guy's uh, big old, weird, long, fuzzy hat falls off into the water. He's like, my lunch was in there. 
and he jumps in after it so the guys get on the boat and they're throwing the pier off but peter starts drinking it and uh they're like what are you doing he's like uh it may taste like a cup of warm chew uh tobacco chewish spit but it's still beer damn it so they all start chugging it and uh man they just get absolutely wrecked like so wrecked that the next day peter gets home and uh you know lois was out drinking too she's like where were you and uh, he's like where were you and she's like i was out drinking but i was back by too you know we stayed up all night for you and uh, peter's like uh and brian cuts and oh no and uh this is where we uh get some more news uh the news is one of my favorite parts of the show tom tucker and uh diane uh formerly and now uh a different lady but mostly tom tucker it's just that they do really funny news and uh yeah that's uh, just how i feel i feel like it's one of the better news things ken brockman's really good too on the simpsons stuff um but uh, also when lois talks about being out drinking when she was back by two that's our first crack in her little veneer of 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 um like sitcom wife she starts to become the cartoon like i said at the very beginning of the show and i don't mean just like this episode i mean the very beginning of the show the show is a cartoon masquerading as a sitcom whereas the simpsons is a sitcom masquerading as a cartoon um and this is where we start getting cracks and lois starts becoming more of a cartoon instead of a sitcom but um, the news says that the bar has been burned down, and uh, it's Trisha Takanawa, and she's saying the bar was burned down, and their suspect, um, <clears throat> she says that um, she says that um, it's Trisha Takanawa, and she says that um, this is an isolated incident. And the police say that there's nothing to worry about, but our producers say that we should definitely worry and then it's trisha takanawa and the bar has been burned down and uh she says that their top suspect right now is a giant city destroying bug and um the like i said the clam has been burned down and peter's like oh no and uh she picks up a picture of queen elizabeth ii and she's like and really, this picture of uh, Queen Elizabeth II gives new meaning to, hey, check out that flaming queen. And then then we get a little bit more news following that. Um, and then we get a really, really funny, um, like, cops, sort of. But it's like a news segment. Peter's getting arrested, and he doesn't even realize it. He thinks he's just watching cops, and he doesn't even recognize himself on it. It's super funny. Um, but this is where Peter, obviously, uh, because uh, everything seems to point to the fact that he got way too waste last night and him and the rest of the guys burned down the um, burned down the Clams Head pub last night. In a late-breaking development, the police have a new suspect. We now go live to Hispanic reporter Maria Jimenez. I know what it is. Well, Tom, at this moment, we're approaching the suspect's house. Oh, this is better than cops. You, you know there's a fat drunk guy in there. Uh, hold it! Freeze! Ah! 
There he is. Hands up, Griffin. You're coming with us. Hey, hey, hang on, hang on. I want to see what they do with this jackass. Hands up. Oh, my God, Peter, you didn't. Hey, Fatty's wife is a babe. That's it. Well, Tom, it appears the real arsonist is in custody, thanks to an anonymous tip to the authorities. Good. Good. Ah, oh, the fat guy's struggling. Hit him, you stupid pigs. Hit him. Use the billy. Oh. Um, when we get to the jail, or not to the jail, but when we get to the courtroom, when we get to the courtroom, the judge is, this is, okay, this isn't the regular judge, but this judge is super funny. So, this judge is super hilarious. Um, he, the first thing that, that, that anyone says is, he's like, uh, this Quahog Minutemen flag was found at the scene of the fire. You are clearly uh, guilty. You are free to go. And everyone's like, oh, and they're all happy. He's like, straight to jail. <laughs> you got burned. No bail, which that's not how bail works. But, um, any meant prison. But uh, best, that was the funniest judge joke ever. Um, and um, Lois is like, tell me you didn't do this. And Peter is like, you you got to believe me, Lois, I didn't do it. And he's like, here, come on, sit down. We'll talk about this. And he goes to pull a chair out for her. And then when she goes to sit down, he pulls it out and she falls on the ground. He's like, oh, but you can still trust me. And, um, which reminds me of a certain somebody, but neither here nor there. Um, but this is, but then Nigel comes up to Lois and, uh, he's like, oh, Lois, I'm so sorry for you. And he's like, can I touch your bum once? And he's, she's like, what? He's like, nothing. Now I expect to see you at Eliza's birthday bash. And, uh, he, he's just like, you got to come to the birthday. And he, he's like, I won't take no for an answer unless the question is, do you not like me? And he's like, oh, mm, mm, mm. double negative, you see. And um, then we cut to the guys getting to prison. Um, Peter is getting tons and tons of compliments from everyone in the prison. They're like, oh, look, fatty. I'm uh, pushing for the cushion. And then uh, another guy's like, we're going to have a great time together. And uh, Peter's like, oh, my God, these guys are just so nice. I mean, it's going to be a shame when they find out I'm not gay, but wow, you know. Uh, and then uh, when they get to their cell, uh, they're looking around, and Joe sees that this big, giant dude. And uh, he's like, that's the uh, most dangerous killer that I ever put away. He's killed every cop that's ever put him away. And the guy sees him. He's got a little drawing of Joe on, uh, on his arm. And he walks up. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Um, uh, you guys are dead. You're dead. Do you hear me? And um, Peter's like, um, Peter's like, Ah, oh, he thinks we're zombies. Okay, he'll leave us alone. And uh, they do a little time life book thing um, where it's like uh, the killers of Quahog, and it's a pretty funny joke. Um, it's like old like time life uh, book commercials that you used to see on TV. That I, uh, I I I definitely remember seeing those, and they were pretty funny. Um, when we go back to the house, we see Stewie talking with Eliza. He's trying to teach her 
how to say the life of the wife is ended by the knife. And she keeps saying the life of the wife is ended by the knife. And he's getting more and more frustrated. She's like, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying life. And it's really, really funny. Like I said, this is one of my favorite B stories. Um, we find the wives outside of the clam. Um, they're like, our husbands couldn't have done this. Colorado's like, yeah, he can't even light the barbecue on the 4th of July. And a man walks up to them and uh, it says, hey, do you know where Nigel is? I've got a check for him here. They're like, wow, $5 million. He's like, yeah, uh, he took the policy out yesterday, lucky bastard. And they're like, don't you find that suspicious? He's like, no. In fact, it seems to happen all the time. He's like, hmm. And then they're like, hmm, yeah, okay. And um, we cut from there to Stewie uh, or Steve, uh, the big uh, killer, the big killer in the prison, uh, coming up to them on the yard. Uh, he threatens the whole gang, and he's like, uh, he pretty much sets a ticking clock. He's like, "You guys are dead. Saturday midnight, you're dead." So he sets a ticking clock. We have till Saturday till midnight to get the guys out of prison. And uh, but Peter's excited because this still lets them um, perform in the prison talent show. And then they do a really fun jazz number. Um, from there, we cut to uh, back to the house. Stewie is still working with Eliza. Um, <clears throat> He says, uh, here's, how, here's how I sound. How do you do? And then he turns over one of those like old toys, and it goes, and this is how you sound. Moo. And um, so she keeps practicing, and then she finally gets it, and they start singing this really, really fantastic song, uh, The Life of the Wife is Ended by the Knife. And like I said, it's really fantastic. It's really funny. And we cut it a bit short, but we, uh, but, um, there's, it's really well animated too. There's a part where he spins her around and the animators, um, managed to have her skirt after she finishes moving her skirt does a little wave around her. And it's like, I said, it's just really well animated. And this episode's it's, it's well animated and it's really funny because some of the, sometimes in these earlier episodes of family guy, um, you can definitely see the um, the schoolhouse rock uh, aesthetic. Like the specifically, this episode has a lot of it, and then the episode where Joe debuts as a character, where especially on the softball field when he first debuts, and then everyone finds out he's in a wheelchair. Um, that looked really uh, schoolhouse rock, and then actually in our last episode there was a Schoolhouse Rock reference. Um, so that's, and I know that um, Seth MacFarlane had, was really influenced by that. And um, so I just, I think that's really interesting to see. Once again, here is how it should sound. How do you do? And here's how you sound. Now try it again. How do you do? What did you say? The life of the wife is ended by the knife. I think she's got it. I think she's got it. The life of the wife is ended by the knife. 
by George, she's got it! By George, she's got it! Now what ends her wretched life? The knife, the knife! Um, but then, then like I said, also, the uh, song is really well done. Uh, we cut right to the party. Um, Nigel is, is, uh, uh, is welcoming people. Lois and uh, Bonnie and Loretta are 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 planning. They're like, all right, someone's got to distract him, um, and they they're looking at her because this entire episode, Nigel has just been hitting on Lois, and Lois is like, no, it does, it can't be me. And he she's like, Loretta, I, he looks like he's down with the swirl, and they're like, mm-hmm. and then Nigel immediately just comes up and starts hitting on her. So they're like, all right. And I never noticed until this part because I've always just focused on Lois and Nigel in the scene. But when they walk away, um, Loretta and uh, Bonnie are really fun, are animated really well, but also just kind of funny. And when they're walking away, Bonnie gives like an okay uh, sign, and it's really funny. Um, but Nigel gives uh, Lois a tour. They get to the study, and Nigel starts acting really gross. Um, Lois sees. Uh, that she sees what seems to be Bonnie's stomach sticking out from the uh, from the drapes, and she thinks that she sees Loretta's fro sticking out from the couch, from behind the couch, and so she starts baiting Nigel into telling her. She's like, mm, "I love a reckless man," and and he's like, "One time I ran up to a bloke's uh, uh, door, rang the doorbell, and ran like Sebastian Coe," and she's like, "More, more," and so he eventually admits that he burned down the clam and she's like ha ah, i got you and what's more i have witnesses and she runs over and she pulls the curtain and it's instead of bonnie's belly it's a clove and then instead of um instead of uh loretta it's demond wilson from sanford and son and he's surprised he's alive too but that still works as a uh as a uh witness but he's like, whom I uh, seems like you didn't catch me, Lois. And then the insurance agent from before steps out from from the closet that's right behind him. He's like, <clears throat> uh, night, Mister Pinchley, you are clearly guilty of of a of a clear case of insurance fraud. And he's like, oh damn it! What were you doing in the closet, anyways? He's like, I came with Demond. And it's re- that's a really, really funny joke. Uh, we cut out from there just to the rest of the party. And uh, uh, Eliza's being announced. And um, Stewie beckons Brian over to watch Eliza's entrance. And he calls him Dogbert. He's like, Dogbert, down here, down here. You're going to want to get a good seat for this. And it's cute that he called him Dogbert. I'm not a Dilbert fan, but... I. And, I, and on the website, it was like, that's a reference to Dilbert. And I'm like, that could just be a funny like way to say dog. But um, she starts coming down, and she speaks eloquently. She's like, thank you all for coming. And it's really beautiful. And then she pees herself, and she goes right back to her cockney. She's like, oh, bloody hell, I'm going to wet myself. And um, at first, Stewie was like, ha, ha, I got you, Brian. And uh, when she goes back to her Cockney accent, Brian's like, mm, and uh, 
uh, Brian, Stewie's like, oh yeah, well, well, you've got uh, extra sense of hearing. Hear this, and he mouths, "Fuck you." And Brian goes, "I'm telling you." He goes, "No, no, I, I, I said vacuum." Um. Uh. So that's that's the end of that story, and it's but it, it was really funny. And then uh, we cut to the prison. Peter's trying to tunnel out, uh, like he will do later in in a Stephen King parody. Uh, but his spoon breaks. They hear the door open, and they think they're going to die, but it's the wives. They've come to save them, and they take them out of there. And it's none too soon, because Steve, the killer, uh, comes in about three seconds later, and he's like, you're all dead! And he doesn't see them anywhere, and he's like, huh, oh well. And he sits down on the bed, and he's like, I wonder what this feels like, and he stabs himself in the stomach. He's like, ow! Is that what I've been doing to people? Huh, I belong in here. And uh, we cut back to the uh, to the drunken clam. It's been restored to its to its former glory. Uh, Horace apparently came back and bought it back uh, after it, I guess it was seized by the police. He probably got a really good price. He probably made a fucking bundle. He sold the bar after, but when it wasn't destroyed, prop for probably a good price because he just didn't have to worry about it. He moved to Florida. He got mounted by an alligator and it laid eggs in his lowest, lower intestine. But he'll tell that story later. He doesn't want to bore him. He'll get him a drink. Uh, but, uh, and then when he came back, the police probably seized it from Nigel after he was taken in for insurance fraud and he probably bought it back from the police for a really great price. Alright, so Horace fucking cleaned up. That's how Peter and the guys could get so many free drinks. Because they probably helped in a sense. So, there you go. That's canon. Right there. Boom. Um, because, like I said, Horace got fucked by a gator, and that's just really funny to me. Uh, we cut the Peter and uh, the rest of the guys and the wives are doing a toast. Peter says to our wives, they're not as pretty as the women on television, or, or as entertaining, but, uh, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. And Lois is still pissed at Nigel. She's like, you know, whatever he gets is too good for him. And we smash cut right from that to Nigel being hung in a British village. And um, then Eliza is in an orphanage. And it's really sad. Um, she writes a letter to Stewie. Um uh, uh, saying that she thinks it's that it's his mother's fault, uh, that she's in the orphanage and that her father was killed, and Stewie's reading the letter and he's like, oh, and, oh, and she says that she's going to kill Lois, uh, because she it's all of it's all her fault, and uh, Stewie's like, oh, great, you know, because he wants his mother to die, and he shows the giant bug from earlier that was the uh, the suspect. He's like, good, good. Dear Stewie, I want you to know that I blame my father's death and my incarceration in this hellhole entirely on your awful mother. If it takes the rest of my life, I shall see that she suffers a slow and painful death, Eliza. <laughs> Excellent. Here, have a look. Good, good. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. That's the credits. And so before we uh, say goodbye, we're just going to do a few final thoughts. 
This episode is hilarious and one of my personal favorites, and I have a sneaking suspicion that it's one of the episodes that was held over from the last season but when it got canceled. Um, not only is the B story really funny, but the, the A story and the way that they blend together is really, really well done. Um, and, and like I said, the A story is really well done. There's a lot of classic jokes there. The guys are all, it's, it's a, it's like the first episode that's really about the guys, you know, Peter Quagmire, uh, Cleveland and Joe, um, all together pretty much like for the, for one of the first times, um, uh, you know, uh, taking, trying to get the bar back then. And, and there's so many episodes about them defending the bar and, and, and like being at home at the bar. So this is like one of the very first episodes about that. So in a way it's really special in that regard. And then also the B story is really funny with Stewie and Eliza and Brian, their little bet and Stewie trying to uh, help her speak, but not better, but just in a different accent in his opinion. But it, it, that's really funny and it's really classic but also it opens up the door to them and I don't and I know that they've never done it before but they should bring her back um for an episode where she tries to kill Lois and for some reason Stewie is trying to uh save her like maybe there was an episode where it's called Stewie loves Lois and it's you know which episode it's the one where he's like mom 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 mama 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 ma that episode it's that um that could have fit in there like where he's just like you know brian i've I've just come to terms with i'm okay with lois i'm not like mad at her i'm not like actively trying to kill her anymore you know i'm just like i'm cool with her she's cool you know maybe she does something like nice for him and she you know like that and then eliza comes around and is trying to kill her um maybe she teams up with um the girl who uh, Stewie is always messing with when he's doing his showbiz stuff, um, Olivia, uh, that would be really fun. But it's a, it's a really good episode, and I feel like it opens up them up to a really fun episode in the future. Um, we're on season 18, I think, right now, or maybe season 19, and I'm just wrong. Either way, um... <clears throat> This will come out on a on a Sunday, and animation domination has definitely started. We are uh, three episodes into it, and it's been funny. Um, the couple of episodes that I've seen this season are really great. The episodes of the other shows that I've seen are really great. Uh, Simpsons Bless the Hearts right now is on the second half of the of the season. Uh, later on in the spring is going to be uh, Duncanville, which is really good. Uh, Bless the Hearts is really good as well. And then, of course, Bob's Burgers is is on just before Family Guy. Uh, and that's a really great hour of television. I can't. I have to imagine that the, the ratings for those shows are pretty good. Bob's Burgers heading into Family Guy. Um, but, like I said, uh, this episode was really funny. And I hope our British listeners don't hate me uh, too much for the... Obviously intentionally bad British accents that I was going for um, or the ones where I was trying to be better than bad either way uh, terrible uh, and if you want to tell me how terrible they are then please do or anybody else can at uh, freaking sweet family pod at gmail.com or you can send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash freaking sweet 
there's our homepage. You can leave us a review on a few of the podcasting listing sites. We would uh, appreciate it. We'd appreciate a uh, you know a high star review. A five star would be fantastic if you wouldn't mind. Um, or just subscribe to us. That that really helps us. Um, and we really appreciate you guys listening. Next week we'll be doing the episode and the wiener is. Uh, after Peter finds a certain thing or finds out about a certain thing about Chris, he feels a little inadequate and tries to overcompensate, shall we say. Uh, it's a really fantastic episode. We're really looking forward to it. And it's going to be really, really funny. Um, and so we will see you next week. Later. Later.